0: You're listening to The Dudes, bringing you wall-to-wall coverage of all Mississippi State athletics, featuring Reflector Sports Editor Tanner Marlar and WMSV Sports Director Cody Blazak. I hate Alabama, I hate Crimson Red, and I hate Tired
1: when I got a brave set on my head and I love Linskin. But Lord I hate sweet home. Cause when I hear it, all I see is girl house twos of understand
2: so my last by twenty two. Welcome back to another episode of The Dudes alongside Tanner Marlar. I'm Cody Blazak, and once again. We hate Alabama. It's the theme of the week. It's, I mean, it's kind of just how this week's going to go, especially with Bama losing uh, to Texas A&M this past weekend. Now we're going to host them. I I know we're very excited for this game and just the turn of events. Once again, on another Thursday of the Dudes, we have a guest from this time Alabama, since we're playing them, Ashley Woods from the...
1: Crimson White.
2: Crimson White as a sports editor. I'm sorry, my mind just completely blanked. But once again, we absolutely love doing this with all of the... For the most part, we've had SEC riders. We had Jalen from NC State to start out uh, our podcast series. And now we're just... Every Thursday, it's been so great. Uh, Ashley, as far as it goes in Tuscaloosa right now... What is the atmosphere like after that loss and coming to Starkville this weekend for, I guess, a bounce-back game, you would call it?
0: Yeah, so first of all, thanks for having me on. This is great. Um, I love getting the chance to talk to different SEC writers. But yeah, the vibe in Tuscaloosa is a lot better than it was on Sunday and Monday. Um, I was actually in Texas when we lost, and so... I heard a lot of stories about how uh, people at different bars were just so sad. I just heard a story from a guy that I work with. Um, He was at Rounders, which is a bar here in uh, Tuscaloosa, or his friend was, I'm sorry. And the as soon as the game was over, the people at the bar tried to play music, to, like the to looked up the mood and like everyone was like statues. It's like somebody <laughs> the had shot their dog. <laughs> someone someone got shot. I mean, we, it was a rough weekend it was in Alabama. But since then, I think the morale is kind of lifted because I think people realize we're going against Mississippi State. So that's a great game where we can like kind of bounce back from. Um, and I think a lot of people, since they've been hearing about good reports in practice about how the players are, you know, really buying in, um, really trying to, they know what they have to do now is like went out and run the table. And so hearing that from like Nick Saban and DJ Dale and um, a lot of the other players, their morale has kind of been lifted because they know that the players are putting in the effort to kind of bounce back from that loss.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. And... I Tanner, I know you know this, and I hate to say it, but or I don't hate to say it because I love Alabama. But I am, I was born in Birmingham, or I was born in Florida, but I was raised in Birmingham and just grew up an Alabama fan, so it was hard to watch that. But coming into this weekend, especially growing up as uh, under Nick Saban's just domination at Alabama, you've got to think that coming into the weekend, that Saban's gonna have his players in check, no matter what. Or especially because of the result from last week, it's almost one of those games where, here at Mississippi State, you don't want to be playing Alabama this week.
0: Yeah, and it's especially hard because Mississippi State's coming off of a bye week as well. Um, and, it, it, you know, you got to avoid that complacency of coming off of a bye week. You, like, you had a week off, you're resting, and now you have to come back against the number five ranked team in the country who just had a very, very close loss to the Texas A&M Aggies. Um, I think, and of course, the track record with Nick Saban, I believe six out of the seven teams that have that he has coached here that are national champions. They uh, they suffered a loss. Um, the only one I believe was 2020 last year. So, I mean, Alabama, I feel as though they do a lot better when they lose, because um, they kind of come down from the high and they all, they all know how to buy in and adjust. So Nick Saban, he has his team ready. He knows that um, there's a possibility that they can lose again and then they might not be in contention for a national championship but he knows that the team is going to buy in and do what they need to do at practice throughout the week to prepare for Starkville on Saturday.
1: Interesting interesting little stat that Con, uh, Cody and I looked at this past week. To our knowledge and to what we can find, Nick Saban has never lost back-to-back games while he's been the head coach at Alabama. Now, the storyline – in, deal, in, in terms of that coming into this week, there, have, there were a lot of firsts last week. I mean, this was 100 straight games that Alabama had won against unranked opponents. Now, granted, I think I think anybody that believes that Texas A&M is truly an unranked team, they, sh- they just sh- should stop talking about sports. But the other one is the interesting one to me. Um, Nick Saban's first loss against a former assistant coach in Jimbo Fisher. What was the reaction like to something like that and, and that streak kind of kind of coming to a close there in Tuscaloosa?
0: Um, had you had told me at the beginning of the, season, of the season that the first former assistant that Nick Saban was going to lose to was Jimbo Fisher, I probably would have laughed in your face. Uh, <laughs> 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 I... I was always like, it's probably going to be Lane first because of just how good that Mississippi offense had improved from last year to this year. And just the way that that defense was improved up until that game against Alabama, I just thought it was always going to be Lane. I was going to be like the first to crack at it. But I think a lot of people just kind of like they weren't expecting it, but they gained a lot. I think gained a lot of respect for Jimbo because. A lot of people have written Texas A&M off, like you said, because they were unranked. Um, but this team returned a lot of starters. I do believe 15 starters, and majority of them were on defense. Um, so they had they had a good core of leadership and you know experience for the younger players to kind of build off of. You know, Calzada had like kind of an iffy game against Mississippi State and Arkansas, um, but you had seen marked improvement from where he was last year, um, and so there were like a lot of respect for a lot of respect for Jimbo for having his players uh, prepared. And like Nick Saban said it throughout last week, Jimbo is going to have his players prepared and we also need to be prepared. And you saw it from kickoff until the kick went through uh, the, the, the little the goalposts. Um, his players were prepared. They, they handled everything great, even when they went down from they came. They were down 38-31 with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Everything just to handle every adversity with Kyle Kozak getting smacked and then having to go out for a little bit to you know Alabama trying to make a push and run a two-minute offense. They handled everything perfectly. So I think it was a lot of respect for how prepared Jimbo Fisher had his team.
1: Something and and Cody, I don't know if you've you've followed this. There's a storyline that's kind of developing with complacency against Alabama I've never heard of such a thing but Leach was asked in pressers I've been asked several times about you know Mississippi State possibly being complacent coming into this ball game and Cody and Ashley I don't know how you can be complacent when you have Alabama coming to town I don't I I don't that storyline is beyond me
2: I don't know how you could be complacent after
1: the past weekend that Bama just had, I don't know how you could be complacent as Mississippi State. Period. Yeah. Anyone can beat you, <laughs> and you simultaneously have the have the ability for some reason to beat anybody.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I really think this weekend can go either way. Either uh, Bama is in that state of denial, like what just happened, still, or Saban got them into shape and was like, "This isn't a team that I coach. This is not how we perform." get your game together, and let's go out and show Mississippi State who we really are, which I think which I think is going to happen because you look down the road for Alabama, they've got a couple more decently ranked opponents upcoming. If they win out, they'll face Georgia most likely in the SEC championship. If you win that, you're, you're, I would assume you're going to get into the playoffs and have probably played Georgia – one more time, whether it's in the national championship or the semifinals. And speaking of Georgia and Alabama, we talked to um, Jack Duffy from Georgia, I guess it was last Thursday, and had talked about the matchup between Alabama and Georgia. And now that we're talking to you, I mean, as a college football fan, it's something you want to see, especially this year. I I think Georgia is in a league of their own and I think Alabama isn't very far behind after they clean up everything from last week. But if that matchup were to happen twice, what what? how does Bama look at that? Are they excited for it, or, or are they nervous about this Georgia team who doesn't even have a 100% healthy offense? I'm
1: nervous about playing them twice, though, Yeah,
2: so, so what, what is the outlook in Tuscaloosa on the, SEC, the potential SEC championship and then the semis of the national championship?
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why you would be nervous coming into this game. I think coming into like with the expectation with Georgia, playing Georgia twice, um, because Georgia is a really, really, really strong team. Um, Offensively, Stetson Bennett and JT Downs have performed well under Kirby Smart's system. Um, I just think the vibe in Tuscaloosa before the loss to Texas A&M, I don't think a lot of people were too, too worried about Georgia. Um, I think... After the loss to Texas, it was the law. The vibe kind of changed. They're like, okay, because you saw yeah. Georgia put a whooping on Auburn. <laughs> they You're gonna
1: have they to. No matter no matter who you are in the SEC, you have to show up for. But God knows you have to show up and play that Georgia team. They have a ridiculous defense right now, and that once that offense get health gets healthy, if J T. Daniels is actually the player that we think he is and can stay healthy, that Georgia team is going to be something to watch.
2: And especially if they get George Pickens back, too. Oh, it's going to be a rough. I mean, that defense only allows five points a game on average. It's ridiculous. But anyway, getting back to coming into uh, this weekend here in Starkville as Mississippi State hosts Alabama. As far as the defense goes for Alabama, historically – Bama is known for just a dominant defense. The past couple of years, they haven't been all of that. This year, I mean, Saban
1: has 79 moved. Seventy-nine points were put up in College Station.
2: Yeah, I mean, Sabin has moved into that kind of team where he would rather score more points than like worry about defense. In the best ways I could put it. What what is the thoughts about the defense coming into Starkville? With Mike Leach's air raid offense, who I mean, Corey Rodgers has put up what 400 yards a game, three times this season already, or 300 yards.
1: 400, three times, yep.
2: So, what is what is the outlook on Alabama's defense coming into Starkville with that air raid offense?
0: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a tough challenge for uh, Alabama coming into this air raid offense because I do not believe they faced a type of uh, air raid offense that uh, Mike Leach is going to implement. Uh, on Saturday. I, I really think they're going to have to make sure that they can pressure Rodgers in some kind of way to take some of the pressure off of the sen- secondary. So that means the linebackers in the front and the defensive line are going to have, they don't have to hit them. They just got to throw them off the rhythm because Mike Leach likes quick throws. Um, I don't think I've seen Rodgers hold the ball longer than three seconds. <laughs> um, they like the quick throws, they like to the create up-tempo rhythm, and they, they love down-the-field shots. So they have to at least keep uh rogers in the pocket long enough to where, like and make sure that the coverage down the field is locked down so they can like pressure him if there's a sack there's a sack if the you know he forces the ball to be thrown away but i think really the attack and error rate is you got to get pressure onto him because if he's comfortable if he's sitting in the pocket and he can exploit the middle especially without vulnerable alabama's men and the linebacker in the interior defensive line it could be a long day for alabama's defense
1: Well, that's that's another big storyline coming into this game, as it was for the Texas A&M game. Alabama, for the first time that I can remember, is relatively thin on that defensive line. You know, you're starting a true freshman, I believe, or at least you did against A&M. And the Mississippi State offensive line started the season rough, but has since really kind of whipped itself into shape if you take away the penalties. They have this tendency to to take, out, take whatever gun of their choosing and and proceed to shoot themselves directly into the foot. But if they can clean that up, that's a big matchup this game between that Mississippi State offensive line and that Alabama defensive line.
0: Yeah, I've been talking about it in my previews for the last three games, going back to Ole Miss and then uh, Texas and m and now here. The battle in the trenches for the last three games have been really, really important. And you saw against Ole Miss how if they kept Bryce outside of two sacks relatively clean. And then Brian Robinson had a career high of 36 carries and was like running all over that Mississippi defense, you know, and then on the back end with the defensive line, getting to Matt Corral, forcing him out of the pocket, and forcing him to make him some really uncomfortable throws for him. And then Texas A&M, the opposite happens. They, you know, Alabama's offensive line gave up four sacks, you know, um, they could not create any rhythm on the ground as far as that and it, it was just and it, it's very important for this defensive line and the offensive line quite frankly to it, like control the trenches because if the offensive line gives up four sacks again and they can't get a really good run game going we're going to get into some issues where we're going to have to get into a shootout and i don't think alabama's the way that bill o'brien coaches we are not the type of offense that will be able to take the down the field shots. I mean, we struggle with that throughout the season. Um, so it's really important that we control the line to make sure we are getting to the quarterback and that we don't let anyone get to Bryce Young. Because you know we don't have Chris Brown anymore. We lost him at Miami.
1: Yeah. Um, See, I've got it. I've got it actually right opposite. I've got it at the fact that if this turns into a shootout, I don't think I don't think you can keep up with Bama. But that being said going into it, you know, this Mississippi State Front 7, despite the numbers that have been put up against them this year due to some miscommunications, you really saw it against Texas A&M. This Mississippi State Front 7 is talented. This Mississippi State, this MSU Front 7 has got two probably NFL pass rushers on it in Tyver Sweet and Randy Charlton. It's got a linebacker core that's as deep as you can get. So in terms of running the ball, in terms of that Mississippi State Bulldog defense, what do you think Alabama, the Crimson Tide, is going to try to change up any kind of scheme? Or are they going to try something different this week? Or are they going to stick with the old ground and pound, dink and dump, and find a way to get the ball in the end zone?
0: Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, You saw it against Ole Miss where they were like the Alabama's old ground and pound and, you know, trying to, you know, kill you and take like kill you with the time and kill you with the uh, the run and take the gas out of you and then hit a deep shot. And then against Ole Miss, we were kind of forced to be like taking pass And then also that's kind of how Bill O'Brien kind of called it. You know, it was like more pass than run. It was a little bit unbalanced. So I think given the talent that's on this front seven for Mississippi State, I think it's going to be a lot more of a balance um, because this defense is pretty good against the run, so you're going to have to challenge them in the secondary with the middle uh, in the middle of the field and like with deep shots, you're going to have to challenge them. And then once you can exploit that, you can kind of exploit the run and really try to create some variety there. Um, but it, it needs to be a lot more balanced <laughs> than it was like,
1: That's something that I've got, too. If, If Alabama really just takes hold of this game, it's going to be over the middle of the field because Mississippi State's two cornerbacks, Emmanuel Forbes and Martin Emerson, they don't allow deep balls down the sideline. They've got the sidelines locked down. Those are two guys that also will end up in the NFL, as we usually have. You know, We don't send offensive players in the league much, but gosh darn it do we send some defensive players there. And Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Fords will probably be the next two studs that leave Mississippi State. But just to kind of wrap it up real quick, Ashley, um, we'll see if we got uh, – actually, Cody's got one more thing.
2: Yeah, just real quick, I, Alabama is usually uh, – one of the top teams in recruiting and everything, and that's where they get all their stars from. But this year, in my opinion at least, y'all's two best players are, I'd probably say, top two out of your top five. One on the offensive end, one on the defensive end. Both transfers this year, Jameson Williams and then Henry Tooto. What is that – Transfers usually play a big role the season after they get to Alabama, not the season of. What is – I don't even know how to phrase this question, but what is it like seeing two transfers, one from Tennessee, one from Ohio State, that come in just jump in and make this team instantly better?
0: Yeah, I think it's really a credit to the talent that they already had coming before before coming to Alabama. You know, Henry Tuoto was ranked the top transfer in the portal before he came to Alabama, and then Jamison Williams was on that uh, national t- uh, championship national championship team that that lost to Alabama, but he was on that team. You know, Ohio State was a pretty good team last season, and you know, to be able to just kind of step in and not only be such a force on the field as far as your playing style, but be able to be a leader, kind of in the locker room and kind of just step up. Especially with so many young players, I mean, we've graduated, we've sent so many players to the draft over the past two years. So for them to kind of just buy in, and have their presence on the field is really vital. and It speaks to type the kind of the program that Saban has built over the last decade, and some change about that transfers want to come here and want to put in the effort. Um, and really buy into
1: the culture that Saban has built. Gotcha. Real quick before we let you go, give me a score prediction for this weekend.
0: Oh God, I'm terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't worry. I, I don't think I've gotten one right all year. Cody, have you gotten one right yet? Score
2: predict. I was pretty darn close. A and M. You were. You were. I think I, what what I think I had
1: thirty. I Think you had thirty five. I think I had twenty eight.
0: Fourteen. Twenty eight. Fourteen. Yeah. Oh pretty close that's pretty darn close um of course i'm gonna pick alabama the win um Don't i, I would too. say uh, we'll go 45 35 45 35
1: Ooh,
2: that's score. close yeah My high score. score well real quick to close it out as we always do we got to ask for an an x factor on the offensive end and the defensive end just alabama game changers
0: of course. Yeah, I think for me on offense, it's definitely Jamison Williams. I mean, the Bryce Young to Williams connection that um, kind of developed in the like third, the later part of the third quarter, early fourth quarter is the reason why Alabama was in the position to, you know, either send the game to overtime or to win the game because he was just so reliable with his hands. And then on defense, of course, I, I, it's keep your eye on uh, Jalen Amore Davis. You know, he's been really solid. In the outside corner position, and I think um, a lot of people have like a lot of people have been surprised at how well he's done at locking down that position. Of course, he struggled a little bit against a but I get the type.
2: We had connection issues last time. I think we're having it again.
1: I think we are. So it would seem.
2: Ashley, can you hear us? I do not believe she can hear us, and we can't I hear can her. I hear you now. Oh, she I can hear, hear us now. Know. We can hear her We're too.
0: hear now. <laughs> Sorry about that.
2: <laughs> no, all good, all good. Go ahead and finish your thoughts up.
0: Yes, so I believe I was talking about Jalen Amore Davis before everything kind of went the crap. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Jalen has really done well this season um, at the outside corner position, um, and I really do think that he is going to have a good game against – um, Ole Miss and their receivers, and I do think um, his ta- his coverage uh, talent and his understanding of like different offensive packages has really been underrated this season. So I really think he's going to be good for this game.
2: There it is. Um, that's about all the time we have for that. We will get some more Mississippi State coverage in just a second between Tanner and I. Uh, once again, Ashley Woods, thank you for coming on. The Dudes here in Starkville, Mississippi. Sports editor at... The Crimson White. It's an interesting name. You know, hold up. We have to ask her something that we were planned on yes, asking yes, her. We do.
1: Yes, we do. All right, Ashley, real quick. Make, we have to make this super yeah. quick. What is a rammer jammer?
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> we were hoping
1: you would know because me and Cody don't know. Jack D- Jack Duffy didn't know. We need to know.
0: Oh, so Rammer Jammer is the song that we play at home. It's also a drink at one of the bars here in Tuscaloosa. Okay. Okay. But it's a song that we play at the end of of the game. It goes Rammer Jammer, Yellowhammer, Hammer, and we just get the hell out of you. It's just a song that we play before the fight song at the end of the game when we win, and then it's also a drink. At a bar called Galette's here, which literally, okay. literally, for your alcohol on tap, it's set for tequila. So, <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> well,
2: we got our we got our we question got finally we answered. So, once a- again, thank a- you so much for coming on,
1: Ashley. It's been great having you. Uh, you guys listening, you can find her at the Crimson White. She'll be in Startville this weekend. We have a bet going on, but we'll learn more all about that later on. Um, once again, Ashley, thank you for coming on. It's been
0: great. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: Once again for Ashley Woods as a sports editor at the Crimson and White in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. For Tana Marlar, I'm Cody Blazak. We are going to jump into Mississippi State football in just a second. Before we go into that, we found out Tuesday afternoon that Mississippi State woman's head basketball coach, Nikki mccray pinson is stepping down for this season season due to health conditions and prioritizing her health which
1: obviously yeah, was I obviously mean, is the right thing to do
2: if if any if anyone has an issue with that please come talk to us i mean
1: yeah look coach uh nmp she coached the very first game uh game i ever covered professionally for the reflector um so there's always that connection there the first post-game press conference i was ever in she's really great with media she's a great person and uh, I know uh, me and Cody here at the Dudes are wishing her nothing but the best and hopefully a speedy recovery. Yeah.
2: It is, as great as a coach she is, uh, she is an incredible person as well, and we obviously hope that her health conditions settle down and she gets back to as healthy as possible. And, hey, maybe one day she can come back. And in, in, the, again. in
1: the press release she did say uh, if she, uh, when when she turns this health thing around or when it gets turned around uh she's going to return to the floor so that that was great to hear and we're all praying for her. we're all uh we're all wishing for a speedy recovery nothing but the best for coach uh, mccray penson
2: yeah from tanner and i here at the dudes we wish you the best if you ever hear this and uh we hope for a speedy recovery and hope you get back to doing what you love uh, as we take a second for that real quick, we will jump back into college football for the Bulldogs hosting Alabama this upcoming weekend. It's in two days, actually. I, didn't bo- I can't yeah. believe it's Thursday already. I know. This
1: week has flown by. And
2: we're going to get some nice weather coming we Thursday. This is supposed
1: to be the best football weather we've had all year, and I'm looking I'm forward so to it. I'm so
2: tired of the heat. I'm so excited. I'm looking but forward to it. Once again, Alabama will travel here to Davis Wade Stadium after Alabama was upset in College Station last week to Texas A&M, a complete shock to everyone. Now the Bulldogs have to deal with them. Yep. I, I have no idea what even to think about this game. Uh, I, Mississippi State hasn't played in two weeks. They had a bye last week.
1: That can go one of two ways. Very good or
2: very bad. That can
1: either go very good where you've had two weeks to prepare for exactly what this Alabama team's going to throw at you, or you can come in a little. You can come in a little stiff. You can come in a little rusty. Now, I will say, like I told Ashley, the complacency storyline is one that's completely lost on me. I don't think there's any way you can tell a player, "I oh, don't worry. We just have Alabama coming to town in two weeks after a bye week and a big win against A and M." So I don't think that complacency thing will be an issue. What I do think is going to be the issue is. And I wrote about this um, in a joint column that Ashley will be putting out. You guys can go check that check that out on the Crimson White on their website. The big thing with this game is gonna be can the defense get stops? And I think they can. I can, I real, realistically I see this defense getting seven, eight, nine stops in this ball game. But the problem comes with the offense. Can that offense answer those stops with points? That's the big that's the big question mark. And if they can do that and do it early, I think they have a really good shot at doing something absolutely unprecedented.
2: Yeah, I uh, I'm nervous. Put it this way. I, I'm, I'm nervous. nervous and excited. It's also kind of hard for me cuz I am more or less a bigger Bama fan than I am a state fan, and I usually if Bama's going to lose it all, I wish it's going to be the state, but I'm in that position where if I want either of the teams to win a national championship, I got to root for Bama to get the national championship, oh, which means they have to beat Mississippi State this weekend. So, I mean, I, I personally I'm rooting for them, but it as a Bama fan, we're not used to these kinds of things. We're not used to losing like that. We're not used to losing to a ranked opponent. Yeah. Period. Well, that's that's I mean, another
1: thing that kind of stuck out with what Ashley said, you know, the, the atmosphere in Tuscaloosa last weekend was dead. Man, I'm not going to lie to you. After a Mississippi State loss, it's still pretty live here in Starkville. because yeah, well, we expect we're losses. Pretty, we're just pretty used to it, Not used to it, but we're, we're, we're not phased by it anymore. I we're can not, only imagine the vibe in Tuscaloosa. I mean, like I said, I imagine you could walk in a bar there after, on a Saturday night after a loss, and it looks like somebody shot everybody's dog.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I, I have been to Alabama when they have lost to Joe Burrow's LSU. And I, I, it might have even been crazier than a win. I I, I I don't go to many Alabama games anymore, but the ones we do go to are usually against those top five teams that they have once a season or so. And because,
1: you know, they only play Pisgah Head Start out, <laughs> out of conference.
2: But So, I mean, I, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Alabama responds and how Mississippi State goes into it with this narrative that it's been developing. Um, I just I don't know. Will Rogers is going to do Will Rogers. I'm not sure, though. X-Factors.
1: Oh, you want, you want them this quick, huh? I them, I will I'm, I'm say, curious. I will say this is going to take a lot longer explanation this week because I don't have one player for X-Factors this week. Let me just I put have, my feet up real quick. Say, put the feet up real quick because this is going to be a long one. I have, on the offense, I have the entire offensive line. I mean, the backups, everybody. Cole Smith, if he comes off the bench and plays, whatever. Because... If the offense, the offensive line can buy Wilver Rodgers' time, I really think you have a chance to slice up that Alabama defense. They have not looked like the the 2010s Alabama defenses, where they're only allowing 10 points all year and they're rolling, they're steamrolling through everybody. That the defense has looked beatable, and the only issue is at times that offense for Alabama has has also looked beatable. And as you saw against Texas A&M, both, is, both are true. The middle of the field is somewhere that's very weak for Alabama this year. Um, they, have, they have a tendency to give up a lot of rush yards. Isaiah Spiller and A-Chain, um, they, had a, they had a game. I mean, those boys had a game against Alabama. Um, they also have a tendency to give up balls to big targets in the middle of the field. Uh, tight ends, big wideouts, slot guys, stuff like that, which is something that one certain guy is very good at on this team coming across the middle and making plays. And it was your X factor coming into the season, Austin Williams. Austin Williams has turned into this guy for Mississippi State that goes over the middle and just catches the ball in traffic, through hits, whatever he needs to do. I think Austin Williams has a chance to have a really good game, but the X factor for that is will the offensive line – one, give Rodgers time to let those routes develop, those middle-of-the-field routes. And two, will the offensive line be able to keep from shooting the team in the foot? You left six points on the board against Texas A&M um, at the foot of the kicker. One one was a relatively long field goal for a guy that hasn't, hasn't kicked a lot in college. But the other one, I feel like Nolan McCord makes that field goal if you don't push it back 20 yards due to false starts, holes, and penalties. I really do. And if you can you can play clean, if you can play some mistake-free football, I think you've got a chance this weekend to, again, do something that I – again, I don't think – I. this is not me saying that Mississippi State is going to win this weekend. This is me saying that if the offensive line does this, it gives them a chance. And then in terms of the defense, this looks like the first Alabama team that – if you can stop the run game, you give yourself one heck of a chance because, yes, their wide receivers are talented. Probably one, some of the most talented Mississippi State will play all year long. But they're not – I don't think they're world beaters. I think Williams is a ridiculously good player, and I think he's going to be think, a stud I think in the he NFL. He is
2: ridiculously athletic, and Yes. I, I think he's so athletic; it makes him good at football. I think it's, he's one of those guys that if you wanted to play basketball, he'd he be could. good at basketball just because of how athletic. want to he play is. Bat-
1: Yeah, he's one of those it's guys. It's raw, like Braylon Skinner. It's raw athleticism. It's a guy, that, it's a guy yes. that no matter what sport he decided to play, he would have been amazing at. Yeah, it just just pure raw
2: athleticism is what makes him so good. Which is uh, that's all players need sometimes. Exactly. I mean. Because I mean, you see, you can he does it on the return, he does it as a receiver. I mean, if he I gets bet an you, open if you space put it's him, over with, I bet you put him as a corner, he'd play just as well. Probably so. I mean, he's just one of those guys where he's so athletic. But, but anyway, because we're going to get on a tangent yeah, yeah. in a minute.
1: Um, if you can kind of stop this run, this run game, which Mississippi State's front seven has the ability to do, I think you also give yourself another chance. So my X factors this week are going to be the Mississippi State front seven, and the Mississippi State offensive line.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't I do X-Factors often, but I'll give offensive X-Factors real quick. I think it's going to be the big names you expect. I think Will Rogers is going to be big-time quarterback. I think Austin Williams, Jaden Wally, I think they're going to be what we expected them to be coming into this season. To wrap it up real quick, score predictions, what do we got?
1: I've got Alabama, 35, Mississippi State, 29.
2: Alabama forty nine, Mississippi State three. Jeez. I, I'm sorry. I d I just Jeez. I don't know about this this Bama team coming back. Jeez. I think it's gonna be something like forty nine to three, or it's gonna be like it's gonna be a blowout. It's either gonna yeah, be a blowout. I think of close. it's gonna be something similar to that.
1: Just to kinda just and one more thing before we wrap up. We opened the song with it this week. We had him on the show last Tuesday. I hate Alabama, Connor Smith's new single out now, his new hit single. Uh, I believe he's uh, he's got to be uh, close to a million streams across all platforms I'm, by now. I'm
2: sure it's very, very close.
1: Um, I'm sure
2: we've got like 100,000 of them ourselves. <laughs> I know,
1: I know. And Connor's releasing a new song Friday called Why I Can't Leave. I encourage all of you to go listen to that.
2: Friday, which is tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. So, hey, we'll have another one from him. I know Tanner and I are excited to talk to him again when we have the opportunity. It was a pleasure to have him last Tuesday. It was also a pleasure to have Ashley Woods on just about 10 minutes ago. But that's all we got for you this show on this Thursday before we bring you more coverage next Tuesday on The Dudes. For Tanner Marlar, I'm Cody Blazak. So long.
0: The proceeding was a WMSV production.